Ah, uh, yes, nine one one. I'd like to report a murder. Yeah, the Sacramento Kings were absolutely bodied by the Celtics in Boston tonight. Uh huh. Yeah, and also caught in the crossfire was my willingness to just give a damn about this team anymore. Oh, you don't care either. Well, that's okay. Neither do the Kings uh, players or the Kings team themselves at this point. Yeah. All right. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. The Sacramento Kings lost by 53 points. I guess I have to talk about it. Why are you here? Welcome to Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, Full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George, and I normally say I have the privilege of being your host here, but for like the sixth time this season, it doesn't feel like a privilege covering the Sacramento Kings team. I've been covering the Kings for the last seven years. This is my eighth season uh, covering Sacramento. I formerly was a sports talk radio host for Sports 1140 KHDK in Sacramento, now with ABC 10 News and television here in the California capital. And audio listeners, if you hear hear the jingle of bells uh it's because i'm wearing a jester hat video uh, listeners and watchers on youtube you can obviously see the hat that i'm wearing and i'm wearing this because i'm a fool i'm a fool for two reasons number one i'm a fool to believe that uh this season couldn't get any worse for the sacramento kings ha 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 good one uh and i'm also a fool for going all the way back to the beginning of the season for believing that this team had any remote shot at making the playoffs, even though I still stand by the fact that this Kings roster is arguably the most talented roster individually uh, that the Kings have had during this entire 15 plus season playoff drought. Clearly, this team has no business even being mentioned in the playoff conversation, uh, let alone believing that they had a legitimate chance to make the playoffs even via the play in. Uh, at the start of this season. So I'm a fool for both of those reasons. I'm wearing this hat to symbolize that. Also, I just needed something to be different on this podcast, something to be different with me, something to actually hide uh, the the scar tissue on the top of my head from my brain trying to explode uh, out of the top of my head, having to sit through and watch whatever the hell that performance was. The Kings losing by 53 points to the Boston Celtics. The Kings only scoring 30 points uh, in the first half. I know we've talked time and time again about how dreadful the Kings defense is because it absolutely is dreadful. This Kings team doesn't give a damn on the defensive end. They haven't given a damn, given a damn for the last at least three games, probably more like they just, no one gives a, gives a crap on, on defense anymore. Not even guys that are defensive specialists. I mean, Davion Mitchell still plays hard defensively and good on him keeping uh, that effort up despite this team trying to suck every last bit of energy and joy out of the game of basketball from him. But even guys like Harrison Barnes, who are leaders by example on this team, and I'm not blaming HB for for any reason at all, but even HB, you can see, is starting to take plays off defensively because it's just not worth it anymore. This Kings team is so bad defensively that even if he's putting in the effort, it's not matched by uh, anybody else. That's not necessarily an excuse for him, but I imagine Harrison is also looking at his options at the trade deadline. I wouldn't be surprised at all 
if Harrison, not saying that he hates Sacramento, not saying that he hates the fans, hates the Kings or anything like that, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Harrison Barnes is uh, is hoping that February 10th means his exodus from Sacramento and, and he can become a part of a uh, a playoff team, maybe even with championship aspirations. And I do believe there are going to be a lot of playoff teams that are interested in the services of Harrison Barnes. Um, so I wouldn't blame him at all for wanting to get out. It looks like three-fourths of this team wants to – actually, I would say it looks like this entire team either wants to get out of Sacramento at the trade deadline or just get out of the season in general. It looks like some players, and I know some Kings fans, are wishing that we could go back to two seasons ago when the season was cut short due to a global pandemic, due, due to COVID-19. That's kind of a joke. Uh, but it's kind of not. Look, you just tuning into this Locked On Kings podcast, me just hitting record and talking, even if I've only been talking for about a few minutes, we've already put in more effort than the Sacramento Kings put into this game tonight. And I don't care if the Kings had a fair share of good looks and were just missing shots. You cannot summarize this Kings loss by, oh, they had good looks. They were just missing shots. It was an off night offensively for this team. You cannot make things that simple. From the get-go, Kings defensively weren't doing anything to stop the Boston Celtics, which nothing new there. But offensively, this team was down 14-4 to before you could take a, a breath and sit down to really uh, enjoy this game. Like I said, scoring only 30 points at halftime. Uh, the Kings have their worst field goal percentage in this game since January of 2012. This number coming from uh, Dave Deuce Mason. They also have the fewest points in this game since February of 2004. Their worst three-point shooting percentage since November of 2014. And overall, this 53-point loss in Boston is the fourth worst loss in Sacramento Kings history. You can't just summarize this game by the Kings were missing shots. Important to note, De'Aaron Fox and Chemezi Metu did not play in this game. Not that that would have mattered. If De'Aaron Fox played in this game, the Kings might have scored, I don't know, maybe 80 points instead of the 75. Actually, that's not true. They would have scored probably 85, 90 points instead of the 75 uh, that they scored, and they still would have gotten their asses kicked by a Boston Celtics team. To their credit, they weren't missing shots. Boston came out and uh, shot extremely well, especially from three-point range, 20 of 45. Everybody got going. They got their touches, played very, very well. 36 points for Jason Tatum, 30 points for Jalen Brown, 13 points for uh, Robert Williams, who had a very solid game to go with 17 rebounds. By the way, Jalen Brown had 10 rebounds uh, for a double-double as well. Josh Richardson, 14 points off the bench, uh, 10 points for Dennis Schroeder off the bench. Looking at that stat line, I mean, you see the two massive performances for Tatum and Brown. And nothing else really jumps off the page that blows you away to suggest that the Celtics uh, massacred the Kings on the offensive end of the floor. And yet, the way the Celtics started this game, the way the Celtics came out against the Sacramento Kings is the same way that so many teams come out against the Sacramento Kings. I would say on a nightly basis, someone on the opposing team looks at the Kings, if not the entire team themselves, they look at the Kings and they lick their chops. They look at the Kings as easy money on the offensive end. They know the Kings are not going to put up any resistance at all defensively. They can have their way, and all they have to do is hit shots like they do in warm-ups and like they do in layup lines. And hell, even the Kings couldn't finish layups in the first half. Mo Harkless, who hasn't been playing too much recently, uh, he had an opportunity for a transition layup. The Kings were absolutely obliterated in transition in this game. They had, he had an opportunity for a transition layup. He missed the layup, and that just basically summarized not just this Kings game, but really the last week to two weeks of this Kings season. 
what else is there to say about this game? What else is there to talk about? We can talk about Harrison Barnes having four points on one of 12 shooting. We can talk about Buddy Heald being the only player in double figure scoring with 11 points. And that's just because he hit two or I think three, three pointers in the second half. He went three of nine for the game from three point range, four of 14. The Kings as a whole, six of 33 from three point range, 29 of 95 shooting 30.5% as a team. So there's Sure, a bad shooting night, but there's also that this Kings team wasn't trying to do anything on either end of the ball to counteract their bad shooting. They continued to chuck up threes, and obviously were shooting terrible. They were one of 20 from three-point range at halftime. Uh, the Boston Celtics did a good job crowding the paint, and without De'Aaron Fox, who does a good job breaking down those defenses and punishing uh, teams for um, playing kind of one style and playing kind of prevent defense, he wasn't there. Tyrese Halliburton couldn't pick up the slack. Tyrese finished with seven points and seven assists. And truth be told, I'm amazed that Tyrese was able to get seven assists in this game because it didn't feel like the Kings hit seven shots. Uh, nine points for Sean Holmes, six points for Marvin Bagley, seven points for Terrence Davis, who took a really scary fall, uh, falling on his head, and he would exit the game. Um, other than, I mean, what the hell is there to talk about with this Kings game? Honestly, like it's just absolutely dreadful. It's embarrassing uh, for the Sacramento. Actually, these bells are so annoying. I got to get rid of this thing. Sorry, Jester Hat. Sorry, audio listeners, if you've had to sat through that. Um, this team is just so dreadful. They're just so ridiculously awful um, that there's there's really no point in breaking down a Kings game anymore at this point in time. In reality, we I've been talking recently about this Kings team is at a crossroads, right? Monty McNair has a decision to make, um, and it feels at this point in time like the decision has been made for him. And I'll go into more detail on that here uh, in just a second. Right now, though, I want to let you know today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. And I hope you're playing uh, Prize Picks already and you are able to salvage something from this game. Maybe you're able to make some money off this game in some way, shape, or form. Prize Picks is the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy sports prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made, etc. Like, if the plus minus for Jason Tatum tonight was 28 points after his like 50 point performance the other night, uh, if you took the over on that, you made some money. And the way it works, you pick two to five players and an over under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. And the best part is just you versus the projected numbers. Uh, prize picks is available for you to play right now. Just go to prizepicks.com today or go to your app store and download the app. All Locked On Kings listeners who deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 for free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. That's super easy to do. Again, all users who deposit and use promo code NBA will get $50 for free with your first prize pick entry if they score a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's a football analogy, but it's time for the Sacramento Kings to punt on the season. Just punt it. Like th this team is going absolutely nowhere. And now with tonight's loss, even though it only counts as one loss in the loss category, it feels like it counts as 10, right? But we've been talking a lot recently about the Kings potentially running out of time with the continued losses, with this rough uh, road trip that they're on. They've now lost four straight games. Uh, they have the Atlanta Hawks tomorrow night, which Atlanta, they've been a struggling team, but you, I guarantee you they're looking at the Kings as a chance to get right. At the same time, too, maybe this kind of performance, this kind of beatdown is what the Kings need to light a fire under their ass, and maybe they'll play with a little bit of pride tomorrow night, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Overall, there's a very good chance that this loss streak could go 
five, six, seven, eight games. This road trip is tough. And the Kings return uh, home for a meeting with the Brooklyn Nets, followed the next night by a game uh, against the uh, the Warriors at Golden State. Like this, this upcoming stretch for the Kings, the stretch that they're currently on is a brutal, brutal stretch that can see them fall completely out of the uh, the play and picture right now, they are three and a half games back of the Portland Trailblazers in the tenth spot. The New Orleans Pelicans, like I mentioned, leapfrog them. The Pelicans are now a full game ahead of the Kings. The Kings are actually tied with the San Antonio Spurs uh, for thirteenth, and they're only three games ahead of the Rockets and four games. Uh, no, three games ahead of the Rockets and Th- I didn't realize this. They're only three games ahead of the Rockets and Thunder at the bottom of the conference. So what I'm saying is. The Kings are far closer to a top draft pick than they are to um, making the playoffs, not just making the play in because we know, like I said recently, and in case you didn't listen to my most recent podcast, the the play in making the play in, but missing the playoffs, that's just NBA purgatory, but it's like putting lipstick on a pig, making it look a little bit nicer. It's, it's really nothing for the Sacramento Kings. And there, there's, there's no reason to believe that this Kings team, even if they were somehow able to scratch and claw their way, way into the plan, would win uh, a couple of games to actually make their way into the playoffs themselves. Now, Monty McNair, of course, could make moves at this trade deadline to put together a team that is capable of rattling off a couple of big single elimination game wins to punch that ticket to the playoffs, which has always been the goal uh, for this organization all season long. And it will continue to be the measuring stick that we hold this team to, even if they do switch gears, uh, which at this point in time, honestly, is probably the right move to make. My thing is, I, I don't know if the Kings, unless Monty McNair gets a move done, makes a move in the next couple of days, I don't know if the Kings are going to have any remote shot of actually making the play in like three and a half games. Doesn't seem like a lot, especially with how bad the Western conference is, but that's a tough hole to climb out of, especially when the majority of the remainder of the season, the Kings are playing on the road, even though they've, kind of been a better road team and they've been a home team this season. It's a tough schedule to finish out, but every single night is a tough night for the Sacramento Kings at this point when they're not trying to play a lick of defense. So at this point in time, like I I was kind of fence sitting, debating both. I still think there is a possibility of the Kings to make the play in and the playoffs. It's like a 1% chance um, by making a move, but if they're going to do that, then they have to make the, tr- the the trade in the next couple of days. If we get to Monday of next week and the Kings still haven't made a move, I wouldn't be surprised at all uh, if, if the Kings are even further out of it in the Western Conference. Um, at this point in time, I think the best case for the Kings is to turn their sights towards the play-in, uh, or sorry, turn their sights towards draft picks, turn their sights towards next season. That doesn't mean you have to just sell everybody for cheap, have a fire sale, get rid of Fox, get rid of, uh, you You can actually do what you at least, or it was reported the Kings are going to do by Shams recently, which is hang on to Fox, hang on to Halliburton, continue to try and commit to building around them and use the remainder of this season, use this upcoming trade deadline to trade away pieces that you know haven't worked, trade away guys that aren't even going to try Uh, and try and bring back pieces that maybe aren't the sexiest of names, younger guys, veterans who fit with what the Kings are going to try and do going forward, play defense, play with energy, um, space the floor, surround the Fox with shooters, get a big man that'll, that'll not only run the floor, but will um, protect the glass or can space the floor himself and shoot. Like this is what Monty McNair has to start thinking of at this point in time. And I don't know if, I mean, dangling that fruit that is Ben Simmons out there. I still think the Kings have a very legitimate chance of getting Ben Simmons. And that could be a game changer, depending upon what the Kings give up for Simmons. 
but just because it's dangled fruit, just because it's this shiny nugget that is actually attainable for the Kings doesn't mean that it is the right move to make. I think the right move at this point in time now is for the Kings to seriously consider selling talent for draft picks, young assets, and finding a way to put something together that will ultimately lose short-term, that will lose for the remainder of this season. Even if they're not trying to lose, they will lose just because they're not good enough but also give fans enough to care about, to watch about, to see and say, I see what the Kings are trying to do. I see progress and I believe this can become something starting this off season and going into next season. Cause as of right now, Kings fans are watching this Kings team and going, I don't see any future with this group. I don't see any progress. All I see is massive steps backwards. I see a team that's stuck uh, in their own shadow, keeps shooting themselves in the foot, is going absolutely nowhere, hasn't gone anywhere for three years, no matter what Tyrese Halliburton or De'Aaron Fox try and do. Like this team is just garbage. They are horrific and there's no reason to pay attention. There's no reason to have any optimism or hope about this Kings team going forward. It needs to be blown up. And you can either blow it up in one of two ways, blow it up in a all in playoff move that more than likely will fail or blow it up in a, not necessarily a hard rebuild. Cause I would say a hard, re- hard rebuild would involve probably trading away De'Aaron Fox, but you could do some sort of soft rebuild without trying to take shortcuts. You can make smart, soft rebuild moves also hit in this upcoming draft, maybe make a, a couple good trades or a couple good signings in the off season and then try it again with this still core core of Fox and Halliburton uh, next season. And Davion Mitchell, I imagine, would still be around. That's probably, at this point in time, the right path, although we don't know if that path is even available to Monty McNair because if he decides to take that path, he could end up losing his job. And I talked about that in detail on yesterday's Longtime Kings podcast. If you want to hear me talk about that more, feel free to go and listen to that. It sounds like I'm repeating myself a lot with what I said on yesterday's pod. I kind of am, although now I'm more committing to a side. I'm committing to the Kings looking towards the draft and looking towards next season as the correct path for this organization going forward, even if it is a path of failure, because the Kings are, no matter what they do, going to be labeled a complete and utter failure this season, and that is more than justified, more than fair. And there are so many people to blame for it. It's not even worth naming names at this point. Like I feel bad for Alvin Gentry. To me, there's no chance that he's returning as the Kings head coach. There's nothing that he can do for this group. Three-fourths of this roster should not even be remotely close to on this team come next season. Like Monty McNair has a lot of work to do. And I know he and the Kings still have hope because of the play and route that this team can be something more than they are. That window is all but closed. Like I said, I'd give it like a one, 2% chance that this team actually pulls that off and makes that happen. But I will say too, like you can soft rebuild. You can make a move for the future without openly tanking. Like I would say, honestly, the way the Kings openly tank is keep this group together because they're horrible, horrible. If they were to make smart future-oriented, build-around Fox and Halliburton moves, even if they're not the sexiest of moves, and even if the Kings are trading the best players in those packages and getting younger players and picks back, that does not necessarily have to be tanking. The team can get worse, theoretically, immediately, and still be in a better place than they are right now. That's, I think, the path that Monty McNair has to take at this point. I give you 
so much credit if you sat through that Kings game. I have to do it in order to get paid to do my job. I have to do it. And I hated every second of it. And and I'm to the point, truth be told, I dreaded all day the Kings playing. I enjoyed these handful of days without Kings basketball. It was nice to take a break for a little while. I didn't expect the Kings to lose by 53 points in Boston tonight, but I have, I'm, uh, there's no reason for me to get excited about watching the Kings right now. And I know many of you, if not all of you feel the same way, but still so many of you continue to watch and you continue to tune into the locked on Kings podcast. And maybe you tuned in because you're expecting another meltdown rant from Matt George today. I appreciate you. Sorry. I couldn't deliver that for you. I couldn't muster up the energy to care. Uh, recently, this Kings team pissed me off when I didn't think I could be pissed off about this team anymore. That was uh, earlier in the week or last week. They all blend together. I have no idea. It was last week, I think. I can't do it anymore. I, I sat there completely stone-faced, felt zero emotional attachment to that game. The only thing that I was frustrated about is the fact that I was wasting my Tuesday night watching that game. Thankfully, I had my now five-month-old son there to distract me and entertain me, and it might be honestly child abuse that I'm forcing him to watch those games with me. So, sorry, Artie. Today's episode of Locked on Kings also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. In addition to prize picks, you can use BetOnline to make some money off of your King's misery. I mean knowledge. Uh, BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the march to the playoffs and beyond here in the NBA. March for the playoffs, probably not for the Sacramento Kings. And there are actually ways to bet on what the Kings are going to do at this trade deadline. If you think the Kings are going to land Ben Simmons, you can go and bet on that right now. Uh, bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for all of 2022. It's a new year. They have a new updated desktop and mobile website. You can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to get started. From football to basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Earlier on in the season, I was making sure to attend a lot of Kings post game press conferences, being active in those post game press conferences, play a lot of the audio here on the Locked On Kings podcast. And I haven't done that for a while. And the reason why I haven't done that is because at this point in time, I don't really care what this team has to say. I don't care what Alvin Gentry has to say. I certainly don't blame him for anything. I feel bad that he has to step to the podium and answer for this team and basically has to apologize on a nightly basis for how this team plays. I don't think there's anything that Alvin Gentry could do to get this team to, to buy in and to care and to play better basketball. This group is just incapable of doing it together. That's been proven time and time again. So I don't blame Alvin one bit. I also don't care about anything that he has to say. I don't care anything that Tyrese has to say. I don't care anything about Fox, what he has to say. Certainly Buddy Heald, Rashawn Holmes, Marvin Bagley, all of them. I don't give a damn what they have to say. Even Harrison Barnes, who I normally love hearing from. HB, I don't care what he has to say because it's all the same stuff. It's the same garbage, the same crap. We know what we can do. We know what we have to do better, but they refuse to do it. They refuse to improve. There's no point. But if you would like more Kings post-game audio again here on the Lockdown Kings podcast, feel free to let me know about that. You absolutely can. One of the best places to do that is uh, you can reach out to me personally if you'd like at Matt George uh, Sack on Twitter. Email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. But uh, if you want to leave a review for the Locked on Kings podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, hit five stars and there's a little box for you to leave your review. That's a great place to add some constructive criticism, make some requests for what you'd like to see on the show. 
Uh, it's also a great place for you to encourage other Sacramento Kings fans or just basketball fans in general uh, to tune into the podcast. I really would appreciate that. It helps out the show a ton. Um, thankfully, thank God, we are going to have a great Locked on Kings podcast tomorrow. Yes, the Kings do play. We're not talking about that game tomorrow because Sam Amick of The Athletic is going to be joining me on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast we're not even going to mention this game more than likely unless it's just really quickly in passing because we all are talking about what's happening off the floor with this team. Well, of course, we'll talk about the Kings and their interest in Ben Simmons, their interest in DeMontis Sabonis, any other names that are on the Kings radar. We've heard that there's now interest in Jeremy Grant from the Detroit Pistons. Uh, we'll talk about that. Sam will be able to give us uh, true inside information about what's happening, what's legitimate, what's not. Also want to talk to Sam about the possibility of Monty McNair being on the hot seat. Uh, could his job be on the line if the Kings don't make the playoffs? Uh, Sam can also talk about the possibility of the Kings moving away from their playoff push and trying to find talent uh, in this uh, this upcoming trade deadline that can help the Kings look towards the future. He can also give us a good idea of what the value of guys like Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, what their value is around the league. Uh, and we're going to talk all about that on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast. So I really, really hope you will join me for that. As for right now, I appreciate you so, so much. I can't even begin to tell you how much I appreciate you for continuing to listen to Locked on Kings, for continuing to tune in and, and suffer through this season with me. Really appreciate that support. Hope you will uh, stick around even if things get worse. And I didn't think they could get worse than before, but a 53-point performance, and I don't think it, it could have been honestly a lot worse tonight based off of how this game started. So... Who knows what's going to happen with the Sacramento Kings team. No matter what happens, though, we will always have Kings coverage for you right here on the Locked on Kings podcast. That is a guarantee, and that is my promise to you, even if I hate myself for making that promise sometimes. I appreciate you so, so much. Thank you again for listening, and uh, if you could leave a review again, that would be fantastic. Feel free to reach out to me at MattGeorgeSack on Twitter. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Uh, YouTube comment section, you guys are always going crazy. Really appreciate you, so keep, keep that up. And until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.